Welcome to The Whole Truth, where two wholesalers help financial professionals build great practices and thrive in a rapidly changing industry. We'll bring you the stories and voices from those on the front lines of this change, and we'll have some fun along the way. This is more than a podcast. We're building a community of financial professionals who are growing, forward-thinking, and want to get better. Thanks for listening and contributing to the discussion. The views expressed herein are those of the participants and not those of Touchstone Investments. And welcome, everybody, to The Whole Truth from the Bay Area, California. I am Steve Side. And from Atlanta, Georgia, I am Kurt Dupuy. So, Side, we're uh, we're both prone to obsessions. Is that that's a, yes. a, a slight way? Um, yeah. My current obsession is I don't – I mean, th- this is probably the a definition of an obsession because – I can't even explain how or why I decided to do this, but I just got it in my head that I wanted to do a triathlon. So (laughs) I um, I love how you said that up. You're just like, one day it just popped in my head. I need to do it, which is a pretty cool thing. It's, it's, it's a very, you know, welcome to my brain. It's, it's one of those things where, where (laughs) a thought from the back of my brain somehow works its way to the front of my brain. And I wish our listeners could see how you're using your hands in this, where she's got his hands (laughs) behind his head. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) But no, it's something I've wanted to do for a while. Um, um, I ran um, a marathon in Pittsburgh in like 2010, and I did a couple of half marathons after that. It's just given me something to to work towards and obsess over. Um, and I'm also a social creature, so I have strong armed a few of my neighbor friends uh, to to do of it with me. So we gotta we gotta of pack that. So go re- up, do it. Refresh my memory. So triathlon. What are the? I know there's three, right? Try. What are the three things you have to do? Like, and then how long for each of those? I forget. It's swimming, biking, running. This one will be a 400 meter swim, which is eight, like there and back in in a pool uh, or 16 lengths. Uh, I think it's a 14 or 14 point something mile bike ride and then a 5K run, so 3.2 miles. Okay. So probably the hardest thing is the swimming out of that, I would imagine, right? Or am I wrong in that? 400 meters is pretty short, especially if you just take a a modest- paced and you know i've i've been riding the bike honestly i think running is going to be the toughest part not only is it last but i don't enjoy three miles though i feel like three miles ain't crazy no it's it's not none of it's crazy that's that's why but you 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 start stacking these things and uh even even modest work becomes real effort yeah yeah i remember i did a, a half marathon once and uh and i i i finished it it was in tennessee and i thought to myself People do twice this amount, two times. That that was my thought was like, oh, how does some, I, I I, I'm not built to run that long. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm not a runner. I mean, I don't have a runner's uh, makeup. No one, that's the thing. Like the, what a marathon is based off of this, this like Greek mythology, the dude died at the end. Like why, why are people doing this to themselves? It, is it that right? No that's sense. the, that, yes, that's what he ran that's carrying the, the message and it was, a, a, it's 26.2 miles ish. Uh, and the guy delivered his message, this. and then he he croaks at the end. Everything goes back to the Greeks. I swear to God, everything goes back to them. <laughs> They're literally like the basis of almost everything that we do goes back to the Greeks. Yeah, it's, it's, part, uh, it's kind of important amazing. part of human history. So let's get into the episode today. We have. Uh, Two of, of, of our colleagues, uh, Mindy Burgess, who handles the Pacific Northwest, Jason Zawalik, many of you will know him from my territory, is the hybrid who, uh, who covers Northern California. 
I wanted to come on and talk a little bit about referrals slash business development, because it was kind of interesting, Kurt. We said, hey, come on and do a referral episode because we had this discussion about it. Um, and they started that way, but then they sort of veered into business development. It was kind of an interesting conversation. So I think I think what uh, our audience will come away with is, you know, a, a nice few takeaways about referrals and and ways to to get better in that area. They did a fun debate over that, um, but also some cool business development ideas. And who doesn't need that? Yeah, it's kind of fun uh, embrace debate structure where they both take opposing views of the referral conversation. Do you ask or do you not ask and just let them come to you? So they dig into some of that, which is always fun. So we'll get right into our episode with Jason and Mindy. Stick with us. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe. Uh, any questions, comments, or criticisms, send them to the whole truth at touchstonefunds.com. And without further ado, here's a conversation about referrals. All right. Well, uh, welcome to the Whole Truth Podcast. I'm Jason Zawalik, and I'm joined by my co-host today, Mindy Burgess. Steve and Kurt were, you know, nice or foolish enough to allow us to come on and host a show today, and we're both Really excited about it. So how are you doing today, Mindy? I'm doing well. How are you, Jay-Z? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. For those uh, who, who don't know who I am, I'm Jason Zawalik. I've been working at Touchdown for four years, the whole time in the Northern California Territory. I'm now a hybrid wholesaler helping Steve cover Northern California. And uh, Mindy, you want to give yourself a quick intro so people know who you are? Yeah, I am the external covering the Pacific Northwest. So cover the states of Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, and Alaska. Uh, I've been a touchdown about six years. Our focus for our episode today is going to be referrals and how to generate them. So, you know, hopefully we'll be able to provide you guys with some good ideas that'll be useful and uh, get your creative juices flowing to generate some more referrals for your business. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is asking, right? Anytime the topic of referrals comes up or you Google how to generate referrals, the first thing that comes up is going to be to ask. You know, just just ask for those referrals, right? That, you know, that's not always easy or comfortable. Um, you know, for those of you who are regular listeners to the show, you may recall a couple of guests that came on and tackled the subject of asking for referrals. Julie Littlechild was on the episode closing the referral gap, and she advocated for asking for those referrals. While the episode stop asking for referrals featured Penny Phillips, where she said to stop asking for referrals with a caveat. So I thought we'd take maybe a quick second, uh, you know, to talk about whether you should or should not be asking. So Mindy, to ask or not to ask, where do you stand? I'm going to have to agree with Julie on this and take the stand okay. of asking for referrals. So first I wanted to play a small clip of that interview so you can hear from her. What do you think is one of the more misunderstood myths that, that financial professionals think when it comes to referrals? There are a few myths, and they all get in the way of us actually tapping into the opportunity that's out there. I think it's huge. I think that we're sitting on this absolute mountain of, of untapped referral potential right now. And, you know, maybe this the simplest one, which gets to the core, is that we actually need more clients to refer. And the reason I say that that's such a big one is because if we believe that we need more clients to refer, that 
triggers a whole set of activities, right? How do I ask? What do I say? What do I do? What we've certainly seen in the research is that advisors are getting more referrals than they would ever need. They're just not translating into introductions. So she goes on to explain that 42% of clients have said that they've referred family or friends, but advisors say that only 4 to 5% of their clients have given them referrals. I mean, that's a huge difference. Clients might mention to a friend or relative or coworker, oh, my advisor's really great, something generic. And then the advisor is not aware of this, so there's no follow-up. And, you know, we're in sales. We can never expect clients to call us. We need to be the ones to call. So it's really important to ask your clients, have you referred anyone? And what were those circumstances? What did you think that I could help with? And what this leads to is how you can articulate your value. It's really important to make that a specific story rather than facts. Stories are a lot easier for people to remember and to reiterate. If you can get specific with one story, it's a lot more impactful. You definitely want to talk to your clients about this. Make sure that they're aware of your personal value proposition. But I was also thinking about it. I read the About Me section on advisors' websites every day, and usually they're all pretty much the same. I live with my wife and three kids in Bellevue. I, on the weekends, I like to go skiing and camping, and I'm a part of this organization in this church, which is great, and that's really good information to have on there. But add in a specific you know, event that you've helped a client with. So a specific life event, um, you know, a death in the family, uh, a new marriage, a sick client, some kind of struggles that a client's had. That way, when one of your clients has a relative or a coworker going through a, a similar life event, that's something that they can easily remember and reiterate to that person. And then you can go back to your clients Make sure that they know your personal value proposition, that story, and ask them, do you know anyone that's going through a life event like this? Because here's how I felt. I'm going to take a a different approach on this. I'm going to agree with uh, Penny Phillips, who I mentioned had come on previously and asked listeners to stop asking for referrals. If you really are a, a really, really good advisor, if you really have EQ, high EQ, every engagement is so obsessively focused on the client what they want, what they need. Each conversation, and I tell advisors, go into conversations with clients before you go in, ask yourself the question of what is this person trying to achieve in this conversation and what do they need from me? Those are two coaching questions, by the way. And you could use that tactic with a spouse or a partner, right? If you're in an argument or having a difficult discussion, ask yourself, how can I be most helpful in this conversation? When you act like that with a client, trust me, you will never have to ask for a referral again. You will never have to. And that is the truth. And we don't say that enough to advisors candidly because firms don't want to spend money on EQ training and practice management. If we train the entire industry on that obsessive active listening, you would never have to ask for a referral. So what I say to advisors is create referable experiences, number one, you know, first and foremost, But switch your way of thinking about it. So if you ask me, should we be asking for referrals from every client? My answer is no. Now, Penny does go on to talk about a certain subset of people who are natural connectors. 
but they would probably make up a really small percentage of your clients. So, you know, it's not stop asking everybody for referrals, but you really need to only ask the people that are those natural connectors. You know those people, the people that they always have a guy, right? Those people, if approached the right way, can be a great referral source uh, for you and your business. But, you know, I would encourage you to listen to more of Penny's interview because her main point was, and, you know, one that I agree with, is the best way to grow your business and to get referrals is to do a really good job with your existing clients. If you're providing exceptional service to your existing clients, you really won't have to, to worry about asking referrals as much. They're going to want to refer you because of that and just giving them the best experience you possibly can and not worry about asking them to generate new business for you. And, you know, also kind of goes into the client segmentation again and making sure that you have that service model in place for your clients. Absolutely. We do this all the time. Uh, you know, client segmentation, building a proactive client service model so you are servicing those clients to the best of your abilities. Uh, I think that really is the best way to, to get referrals and to grow your business. Yeah. And another thing that I agree with her on, she talks about how important listening is. Um, I mean, it's so easy mm-hmm. to be the one talking and giving information, but to really listen to people and actually understand what they need, what they want uh, is huge. And people know if you're actually listening to them. Okay. So we've kind of talked about asking for referrals, uh, but we wanted to come on and, and give you a few different ideas to help you hopefully generate some more referrals in the future without just straight up asking your clients uh, for names of friends and families. So uh, we'll do a little back and forth here. So Mindy, you know, why don't you start? Yeah. So I was talking to one of my advisors in Alaska and he was talking to me about his struggles with generating new business, growing his business, getting clients. So I asked him, well, what type of clients are you looking for? What is your niche? And he said he didn't really have one, was trying to figure that out. So that started a really long and good conversation. You know, it was interesting because I'm so used to in Seattle, it's so easy to find a niche. You could you know, be an expert in different retirement plans for Microsoft or Amazon or Boeing. Uh, In Portland, I have advisors, their niche are Mm -hmm. uh, Nike employees. But without those big companies in Alaska, you know, we're talking about what else could you look for? He had mentioned, well, what about attorneys? So I did some digging on this and I learned that you can go to your state bar website. So for example, for him, it would be alaskabar.org or you know, in California for you, it's like calbar.org. And you can sign up to offer CLE credit, so continuing learning education credit. And it's really easy. On the website, up at the very top, there's a tab where you click on CLE, and then you click on applying for CLE credit. And it's just a one-page form. You would fill out your topic. So it could be on estate planning or you know, SEP IRAs for retirement planning for self-employed attorneys or updates on financial laws. You upload your presentation and then you get put onto the calendar for offering CLE credit. So when a attorney in that state needs their CLE credit, they go to that calendar. You can say, hey, come stop in. I'll have free coffee and donuts. Get your hour of CLE credit. That way you can meet those people face to face. You can get their contact information, learn a little bit about them, you know, figure out why did, you know, why did they choose one on estate planning versus SEP IRAs, kind of get to know them a little bit better. And that way you have that 
that contact information. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. Um, another one I thought of was landlords. So how to get a list of landlords in your area, you can go to your Secretary of State's website, go to business filings and do a property record search, and then search for multi-unit buildings, and then contact them directly to invite them to your client events. I really like the idea with the lawyers and the CE. We know how important CE is and how often you have to do it. Mm -hmm. When you can offer CE, it's a really big draw. And I've never heard of an advisor doing that for lawyers. That's a really good idea. Another one you can do is how about start a blog or a podcast, right? We are on a podcast and uh, it's a great idea to get some of your content out. And a few of these ideas I have are centered around, you know, creating content that your clients can share with friends, family, without directly asking, you know, for their referral. So it's a way for them to share information that you're providing without asking them to do so. But they also have another benefit, which is going to be generating referral traffic. So what is referral traffic? When someone comes to your website from sites other than the major search engines like Google, places like Google and other search engines consider these links and these social signals as positive ranking factors when coming from trusted websites. I read a, uh, I read a great blog on HubSpot on this topic, and I think it's worth checking out if you are interested in generating some more referral traffic to your website and to your business. But beyond you know, getting people to your website, a blog or a podcast, it's an easy way to get you and your ideas in front of new people uh, by way of your customers. You, you know, your client may read a blog uh, or they may hear your podcast, and they're going to think about a conversation that they had with one of their friends recently, and they might forward it over to them which in turn can lead them to, you know, check out more of your blogs, more of your podcasts. Right. Yeah. And they can definitely go along with the personal value proposition and adding in those stories of how specifically you've helped clients and can help other people in similar life situations. Did you have any other ideas or did you shoot them all off there? Um, so one last thing, um, at, at different uh, yeah. client events, to have little gifts or handouts with your contact information on it. And I I really think, you know, if you think about weddings and party favors, usually the best party favors or gifts to get are perishable items. So think food, plants, um, you know, something as simple and inexpensive as a bag of popcorn. Email marketing. Uh, Another way, I'm not going to go too much into this because it is similar to what I'm talking about right now, but the thing I want to point out is everybody consumes information differently. Like I can say for myself, I like to read things. Like I'm not going to watch the five-minute video from whatever news source. Like I'd rather just read the article myself. And I think that's true across all these things. So the people that maybe won't check out your social social media or, you know, they're not going to listen to your podcast, maybe uh, an email is going to be good for them. And it's the same kind of content. So you don't have to keep creating new content. You know, you can write something about Social Security. Uh, Maybe you write a blog about Social Security. You can make the podcast about Social Security. Same content. You can put that in an email. It's going to be the same content. Or you can make a video that people can watch. Then the last one's going to be, you know, an incentive program. I'm sure some people do this already. uh, But, you know, some of the ideas around this one could potentially run afoul of compliance rules. So, Always check with compliance first before you before you do any incentive programs or listen to me on this podcast about this. Check with compliance first to make sure what you're able to do. But I think the easiest incentive program 
uh, is to offer people is going to be discounts or fee reductions. I'm sure a lot of people already do this, but you know, tell your clients you're offering a complimentary financial review to any individual they refer to you, and then you can offer a discount on the services you provide them uh, if it's a successful referral. And the things that I read said even a 5% discount on their fee for a year can be enough incentive to have your clients refer you to somebody and bring you some new business. So a 5% discount. I love all these. These are, it's a lot to think about, a lot of good ideas. It's great. All right, so that's it. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate Steve and Kurt having us on. Yes, thanks so much, guys. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Jason and Mindy for a great conversation. We're going to move on to our Costanza Corner. This is the whole truth. Stick with us. And welcome back to our Costanza Corner, where we like to end on a high note. Kurt, you're up. Well, this is a pretty easy one because uh, we're recording this in September and today happens to be my anniversary. So um, congrats, nine years married to this lovely lady. Um, And I'm really excited what we're doing. We, you know, since kids and our oldest is seven. So it's been a while. um, You know, we haven't had a lot of getaway weekends. And so kids are at a better age. We got some grandparents coming to watch the kiddos. So we're getting away. Oh, that's great. But rather than going somewhere, we're doing, um, a stay aversary. Is that, is that a word? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think it is now we met in Pittsburgh. We got married in Pittsburgh and we were both single at the time. So I feel like we discovered and explored that city very well over the seven, eight years that we were there. But then when we moved to Atlanta, we bought a house and had a kid within like 30 days of each other of, of moving to Atlanta. So we just, our experience in Atlanta has not been like it was in Pittsburgh. There's all kinds of cool stuff that we haven't had the chance to explore. So we're going to check some of those things off the box. So we got a, a, a hotel in Midtown. We're going to uh, go to a couple of nice restaurants that have been on the list for a while. Going to go see a comedy show. Just That's awesome. Just do Atlanta stuff. Great thought. I'm nine years too, so I can't believe we got married right around the exact same time. There you go. There are women that has actually stayed with us almost 10 years. Next year will be 10 years, Tough which I believe. just got to give Becky a lot of credit for, for this. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Thoughts and prayers to her. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, buddy. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. See y'all. You can find The Whole Truth and subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you took the time to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It helps others find the show. And for more episodes of The Whole Truth, go to www.touchstoneinvestments.com slash the whole truth. That's touchstoneinvestments.com slash the whole truth. All one word. Please note that this content was created as of the specific date indicated and reflects views as of that date. It will be kept solely for historical purposes and opinions may change without notice in reacting to shifting economic, market, business, and other conditions. Touchstone funds are distributed by Touchstone Securities Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer and member FINRA and SIPC. 